You're listening to Auto D coming at you live. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Auto D show here on Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks, broadcasting from high above Camelback Road in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, and today my guest is Daniel Pawlicki, former professional drummer, former law enforcement officer, creator of Texas Hold'em with Zombies, among other things. He's a self-published author, black belt, and check this out, Krav Maga. He's also an instructor, and uh, you know that's not all, but if I don't end this introduction, we'll never get onto the interview, so I think I'll just stop here and uh, bring Daniel on right after this first song from the Fervor Records catalog called Waiting by the Broken Bellows here on the Auto D Show. Check it out.
You're listening to ROD, coming at you live. And that was Waiting by Broken Bellows here on the Auto D Show, which is brought to you tonight in part by my good friends at Fervor Records and also by TheRecordingArtist.com, which is where I record bands every Wednesday night live online, and uh, you can check it out. In fact, you can participate. So go to TheRecordingArtist.com, be sure to check it out, and also watch our companion show on Amazon Prime called The Recording Artist. It's kind of awesome. And uh, so is tonight's guest, by the way. So let's bring him on, Mr. Daniel Pawlicki. Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, when you read your bio or some of the things I mentioned, you've got to figure out right away that you are a world-class self-starter that's never <laughs> doing nothing. I have no idea what the word boredom even means. I, I know. couldn't conceive of it. Have you always been that way? I th- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You weren't like a, the way I was a bored fourteen-year-old, and then kind of turned on one day. Or no, just... no, no, no. I was uh, I was born and raised on a on a ranch. My parents were homesteaders, and I, I we didn't have TV. We didn't even have electricity for the first eight years of my life. We had like that's a, pretty cool. It was way cool. We had like a boggle game, and we had the Lord of the Rings, and we had a hundred acres. So, so you had, uh, so I you had shit to do. I had shit to do. I had, it was very creative, <laughs> and and if I uh, if I wanted to have something fun to do, I probably had to make it. There wasn't a lot of money. <laughs> That's pretty cool. How many yeah. brothers and sisters? I'm the oldest of five. There's four boys and okay. a baby sister at the bottom. So the baby sister, does she have a little different lifestyle than you? Have? No, she's just she's probably cooler than me. She she's a, a toy designer. She does makeup. She's cool. you got to get her on your show, man. She's even cooler than I am. She's well, awesome. anybody who's cooler than you has got to be on the show. So that's a high bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. That's pretty cool. You can hook me up with that, right? I absolutely will. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. yep. In fact, uh, Dan, I'm probably going to use you to hook me up with a couple other people before we started the All show. Right. You mentioned that there's another gentleman I need to meet on a Flagstaff. Yep, yep. His, uh, his name is Kevin Rube. We call him Rubalicious. He's a local singer-songwriter, law enforcement officer, so find uh-huh. find his people. But he's super, super talented and uh, up and coming, and yeah, cool. I'll definitely plug him. Yeah, let's we'll check him out. We'll have to get him on the recording show. Yeah, absolutely. I want her just he just needs a band and then we're all good to go. Yeah, so. yeah, he does. <laughs> and speaking of bands, that's we met uh, at a uh, over a friend's uh, performance here Chad Wilson Bailey was playing mm-hmm. in town. We went yeah. to see him and you were invited as well and you yes. came by and we had an opportunity to sit and, and visit while he was playing music. Correct. And he's a superstar. Really enjoy oh my God. Chad. Chad. What a Amanda. voice. Chad and Amanda. Amazing. Amazing amazing musician. Amazing couple. Yeah, yeah. Really are a great couple. In yeah. fact, speaking of them <laughs> as a couple, as we raced through my bullet points, oh, oh no. you officiated their wedding. I did. So I on did. top of everything else you, you do, you, you do that. How did you stumble into that line of work, let's call it? Wow. Um, so year, years back, back when I was a touring musician, um, we were a Christian hard rock band, and I... Uh, I got my rent paid by being a, a youth pastor. It was this non-denominational church that was really open-minded, and, and they thought that rock and roll and Jesus worked. So I loved that. And uh, so, yeah, no, we, um, I got to uh, be, a, a, I guess you'd say, a pastor minister back at that time. And so that carried over. So hmm. as some of these guys grew up and got older, they were like, hey, you know, I wonder if Daniel would officiate. So I've had a handful of, of really close friends. And, That's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's always an honor to do that. Yeah, I would imagine it yeah. is. And uh, musician friends appreciate that, having a musician officiate the service, I'm sure. Correct. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. We were able to just really fine-tune their, their ceremony and, and really make it unique to them. So Very cool. Yeah, good time. Now, when we met that day uh, over pizza at Fatso's you know, in Phoenix. It's <laughs> um, a great pizza, by the way. Yeah, and a great little spot. Great little location. <clears throat> um, you, know, you were telling me about this band you were in, mm-hmm. American Generals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, what you did, I mean, when I was in bands... 
I was the one who did everything, meaning everything like make a poster, sure, get posters printed, put yeah. posters up, book the shows. You know, I was the one who did everything yeah. because nobody else wanted to work. And I grew up in a family where my father has his own business, and he was always working. We always worked. And I didn't have any, I had no fear at work, so I was right. ready to dive in. It's just I wanted to do what I wanted to do, which was a band. My bands never went out on that level that you achieved with the American Generals, but uh, you were doing all the work, even on the, even while you were out. Yes and yes and no. Actually, my band was pretty. They were pretty dynamite. We all we all carried the weight quite a bit. Okay. But I was I brought that idea, and because I grew up in a family, my dad owned his own businesses, my mom owned their own businesses. That when we were going through that that classic. We, it's hard to get signed and it's h- even harder to pay rent and eat what do we do and I came up with the idea of what if we owned our own record label and the guys all came together with that and we, we started spinning the idea and we created American General's Music or AGM Records mm-hmm. and what we did is we kind of circumvented the system we, we, we were able to on our own so we'd take turns different guys in the band would call Barnes and Noble or Hastings or whatever and be like you know I'm, I'm Daniel Pollock and I represent you know AGM Records and we have this band American General's you gotta check them out and once we found that kind of key to the puzzle they would listen to us and we so we were getting because we they were, don't want to talk to the band they don't want to talk to the banks you're just another another band trying to get get a favor yeah. out of them but but when we came out and with this kind of put together professional we got our own label deal and we had the full llc we had our tax ids we got our, our all of our stuff printed we got tons of stock we were able so suddenly you could you could buy us you could buy us in the stores and then when we were touring back when you're selling albums you know where all of our friends on a on an indie label are are trying to survive off of a, of a dollar split five ways. We're all getting, yeah. we're all getting a dollar each, you know. So we, were, we were almost almost paying our bills for yeah. a while. It was, it was a ton of fun. It was a great yeah, group. Great I group remember of guys. I remember a band. You know, we're all in a van and we would be, get go to the gig and it'd be I would drive to McDonald's and mm-hmm. you can't eat today because you don't have any money. You know. Yeah. But the drummer does. So yeah. you're trying to cut a deal to get five get bucks deal. or three bucks to buy a sandwich. You know. Yeah. But uh, it was, and that was always fun, and that's kind of how you learn the ropes and how you learn to You're live right. on the road too. You Absolutely. Know? And I think if you can hang with that, then you got an opp- you got a chance to make it out there. You know? Right. So, but, what's the story of the band? How how did it go? Uh, you know, we did really well. We had we had a pretty good run uh, for a while. We had uh, we got looked at by a, a music magazine out of New Mexico. Got picked up, and they 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 dug us. They right up on us. Picked up a little manager. Um, we were getting looked at by. Um, we ended up getting uh, a little bit of radio play, indie radio play, and we got pretty savvy with tagging on with other bigger bands because we had our own little record label deal mm-hmm. going so we would jump on and we would pull our weight any way we could and and to go to tie back into the whole entrepreneurial side you know i was always creating some way to make money on the road so i mean i even had my own t-shirt company while i was on the road so i'd meet bands and i would say hey I, i'll make your shirts for you back home so I would, i'd get back home for a week and i'm screen pressing you know f- four different indie bands, T-shirts, and then it worked like, hey, why don't you get a gig for us here or there? I'll bring your shirts to you. So <laughs> just, it was just, you know, it is this net, just, massive networking. You know? Before the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, you know, the internet was out, but okay. it was, it, you know, people were still putting up flyers. Uh, we, we had a MySpace. Yeah. We had a pretty good MySpace yeah. rock, and, you know, Facebook wasn't out yet, and right. uh, we were still selling albums, and, and you you made it you made it or didn't make it on your t-shirt sales and yeah on merch yeah yeah I, I would i was known on the road as arms that's what i i was signed to a really cool drum company uh truth drums out there they picked me up and gave me a run and they're still kicking ass out there and they called me arms they called me biceps because i had these 
you know, when I lift weights and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that was before, it was me and Henry Rollins. That was before everybody, now everybody like packs their own, you know, their own workout gear in their, in their vehicles. But I would have guys tell me, hey, how do, how do I get in shape? Because it's hard on the road when you're, you might only be eating the pizza that you got or someone's going to buy you a hoagie for five guys to share. You know, it, yeah. was, it was a train wreck. So I was finding a way to sell T-shirts, run an indie band label, and and and, and fitness. So yeah. you know, some personal training. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I think I put all that together except the personal training, the fitness stuff, you yeah. know, on the road. But I mean, the, the one thing that everybody wants to buy you is like beer, and then they feel like they Correct. did their job, and yeah. so yeah. You, you live off free beer and t-shirts, yeah. you yeah. know. And, you just get heavier and slower yeah. and more and more tired, <laughs> especially as the drummer. Then well, I got to burn a lot of calories. Yeah, so that, yeah. That I looked at the, all these old guys that are still playing that were that were popular when I was coming up, and. And you look at them and you go, well, you really got big. I, like, of course, what are you going to get? Yeah, you, yeah. you know, you do nothing but eat and stand on stage and play and sit, live in a van, and, you know, yeah. in a hotel room. You just can't. It's really hard to get a lifestyle where you can't maintain your body. True. You know. No. So what, what brought you out of that? How did that uh, band project come to an end for great, you? Great question. So with American Generals, we ended up running into just... Uh, you know, I always told everybody to be in a band is to have like five girlfriends and you, you have all these all these, you know, interwoven relationships. And we eventually had a, you know, one of the guys in the band and he had a relationship that went uh, that he had to come out. He had to leave. He had to quit the band. And he was just we tried. We tried to replace him. But he, uh, he just we had too unique of a sound. So that ended American Generals. And I got picked up by a band called Fight the Quiet who actually went on to do quite well. And in fact, in some ways, I, I was much more successful with Fight the Quiet in that we were at that point doing more more and more touring. I was getting to play the bigger things like Summerfest and uh, South by Southwest, more radio play. Got to play with some really big bands, uh, you know, P.O.D., Panic at the Disco, 30 Seconds to Mars. Oh, my God. That was amazing. So I got, I got that taste, that real good taste. Big audiences. Yeah, big audience, uh, you know, showing up and people are singing your chorus and they even know verses that you don't remember. I mean, it was just, it was good, good stuff. You don't even need your lyric sheet if you have an audience that correct, knows your songs. Correct, correct, yeah. And I just loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. It was one of the greatest highs of my life. I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. But ultimately, um, it was time for me to come out. I had a, had a baby girl, and, uh, and she's, a, she's amazing. And things were shifting. Uh, as you know, it's, it's feast or famine in, in music. Mm -hmm. And I, just, I was having a hard time supporting a family. So I ended up coming out and starting my own businesses at that point in that and that just it really started to do well for me and so mm -hmm. I, I missed it i had to i had to break up with that that girlfriend that is music yeah but she's still out there you gotta be careful watch out when, dating her <laughs> you're always gonna run into her someplace yeah yeah, yeah she's yeah she's but, a bad one but where uh i don't know about that <laughs> i'm teasing you know, but, I, got, I'm gonna, I hear what you're saying but it's kind of like uh you can't you know you your life can't become all music again but but uh it's it's a piece of that it's got to stay in your life, you know, to keep you alive. You're correct. Uh, I've been hanging out with, with this lady, this really, really cool girl, and I, I've been dating a little bit lately, and she has been like, you need... She got to hear me play. I hadn't played in a while. Right. And we're at a music store. And you know how it is when, when the minute yeah. you hear the note or the minute that kick, that kick hi-hat snare, and then it just, it unlocked all that that That's primal, funny. savage drummer in me. And she I'd just, like to she been just, there. Yeah, she's just staring at me like, why are you not playing? And right. that look on her face and the and the feeling I was having is like I don't know, but I'm coming. I'm going to come back. So well, I got you know, plans. it's a similar thing when when uh, my <laughs> wife and I met. Yeah, my website didn't say anything about me being a musician. It just said I was an engineer, producer guy, you know, sure. doing this and that. 
But I gave her my music, a couple of records I made. <clears throat> She's like, why doesn't your website say anything about you being a singer-songwriter? I said, well, yeah. I'm, I'm not. It's like, yes, you are. I've heard your stuff. And You're I, fantastic. And she's like, yeah. you, you, you should say something. So I completely changed my website. And all of a sudden, it was all about me being a musician. I thought, I kind of forgot I was a musician. Yeah. So I didn't, because that's not what I was using to be employed. And then all yeah. of a sudden, I was. All of a sudden, I'm in these tribute shows, and I'm doing my own yeah. music. And, and uh, you know, getting involved in a million other things, of course, too. But... She was right because it was the same thing. I had quit doing it, and once I started doing it again, uh, not trying to make it the main thing, but it really did have an impact just on the rest of my life to be back on stage and yeah. performing again, just incredibly. So well, I've even got, in a little club, you know. No, you're absolutely correct. And what's happening now is, is both of my kids. I've got my kiddos full time, and we're just the little threesome here, and I uh, have been for a while. And they they're both very very talented, and they're and now music is becoming part of their life. So suddenly mm -hmm. it's like, Dad, show me how to drum. Dad, what about this? And now they're playing guitar, and let's buy a guitar. So you know, it never really goes away. You're right; it, it stays there. So it's really Really, I'm reliving it through them, and you know, I'm seeing some of my friends. That you know, one one friend in particular, uh, I'll plug him a little bit. Orion Hunky, he's in a band called Narwhal out of Prescott, and they're bringing back the Prescott hardcore music scene. So another plug, we got to get these guys on board, and they're just fantastic, and they're they're going back at it. So it's almost like we all took this moment to kind of raise our kids, get get quasi established, get somewhat professional enough to to, to convince our, our our significant others. Can we go back and can we go back yeah. out and rock again? Because yeah, we're exactly. still we're still talented. That's funny. Oh, did you ever sing when you were out? Uh, not well, you know. But, I but you did sing of, in some I, of them. No, no, I did some backup on some of our records. Oh, okay, I did. I, you know what? I, and I'm I'm too hard on myself. I think that I would actually do good. I've got a good vocal tone, and there mm -hmm. for a minute I was going in getting vocal lessons, uh, and I just I didn't. I, I'm a chameleon. I bounce from one thing to the right. next. I. I you know, maybe like, I'm not as cool as Jared Leto, obviously, but he's like fantastic singer for 30 Seconds to Mars. And then he's a fantastic, you know, uh, actor and like mm -hmm. Suicide Squad or whatever. I mean, that's not the best movie, but whatever, you get the point. And I, I can do that. I can live in different realms mm -hmm. and get satisfied, but there's nothing much like like music. Yeah, yeah there really there really isn't. Um, you know, we mentioned earlier Texas Hold'em with Zombies. Yes. And you just mentioned that uh, your daughter's into games. And, mm -hmm. yep. and before we went before we went live, you mentioned that your younger sister, or maybe it was after we were on, you mentioned yeah, 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 yeah. your sister's a game developer. Yeah, she's more of a, uh, I almost say a toy maker. So she did all of toy our sets. So when we created Texas Hold'em with Zombies, a lot like what we did with the indie music scene was it, it wasn't just the game. So the game's good. It's a great game. Uh, but we wanted to build its whole world, you know, its whole environment to give it context. And so we were we were really starting to get popular in the local Comic-Cons, especially Phoenix Comic-Con and Tucson Comic-Con. So she came in and helped build a set for us. We built this whole zombie saloon. And it, she made this fantastic dead, undead horse with a rider on it that became just this this the set piece for us. Hmm. So it just really brought up a lot of the game's mysterious so that when we finally got to a place where we wanted to crowdfund it and do a Kickstarter, we had enough popularity. It's all it's almost like we were the Guar, Guar, like that band that, <laughs> you know, or Kiss, they had add all these extra features to make themselves stand out. We did that in the in the card gaming world and uh, and it, it did well for us to be Was this the first game. game that you created? Yeah, absolutely. And well, so, I had one when I was a kid. I can't remember the name of it, but I was part of the uh, Satanic Panic in the early 80s, <laughs> okay. and I wasn't allowed to play Dungeons & Dragons, so I created my own role-playing game. This goes back to my, my uh, <laughs> living awesome. by candlelight. I did, and I, and I would do that, and I would always find some way, if I wasn't able to do this, what if I do it this way? What if I do this way? So I'd, I'd, I'd just torture my mom and make her laugh, but, and I'd tell her, you know, I'm, 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 not, I'm not selling my soul to the devil. I'm just playing with elves and dwarves and orcs or whatever on my own. And so that was my first kind of, I'm going to make my own game. And that lent into 
writing some stories and whatnot. But when Texas Hold'em came about, I was part of a, um, of a group of friends that would get together and play Texas Hold'em in the evenings. And these guys were way better than I was at Texas Hold'em. But a couple of times I'd get to the final table and we would just be slow playing for hours. So it's just heads up between you and one other guy by nine in the, in the evening. It's three in the morning and he's still fold, fold. And I hated that because I don't have the patience for that. And I made a comment one time in one of these games. I said, it's, too, it's like you barricaded yourself behind your chips. I should just send a whole zombie horde after you. And then it was the next morning I was like, wow, I have this idea. And I smashed classic Texas Hold'em poker with with characters and item cards and it made it so that your zombie I'm plugging I'm plugging you guys over at Dark Adam Games they bought this game off me so you're welcome um, we we would have these other ways of going after the poker chip so it wasn't just betting with them they were your life literally so you know at the end of a hand anybody who won that hand if they had any spades or clubs which were considered zombie cards they could change those out for zombie chips and put those after people. And they would slowly eat your net, your your chip stacks, your blinds, and they would stay there. The only way to get rid of them was through weapons and armor and other various. So you're really playing two games at the same time. Two games at once, and it became the punk rock a punk rock version of poker. And we were hated by your traditionalists because we oh, had, yeah. we had bastardized poker. Yeah, you perverted the whole concept. They, they hated it, yeah. but the people who were like me, like you know, poker's too too hoity toity, too snobby. We this this yeah we were we were, made it more fun yeah I just I hashtag that punk rock of poker we we called it I called it uh, what do we call it survival poker was one and uh, yeah pe- people loved it and they're still going it's going strong that is wild yeah thank you so uh, after all the gaming you um I don't know if it was after but it's after in our conversation okay um you ended up getting into law enforcement and for you know from a rock and roll drummer to law enforcement's not a common job no no job where's, to job. where's my people at so, you know, there's yeah. a whole lot of that out yes, there. I, of course your, your buddy you just mentioned him flagstaff yeah. a musician yeah. and, and an, an officer but tell me a little bit about how that happened yeah so so in the midst and this is going to probably bring another part of your topic here with all these various hats that i wear uh pie pans that i'm spinning uh i was into um I had owned. I had told you I had come out of touring, so I had created my own business. My, my uh, we had created a business um, that was personal training, and 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 ultimately Krav Maga, Krav Maga Self Defense, which I know we'll talk about in a minute. But what happened in there was I was no longer touring in the bands and wanted wanted to continue to be creative and to impact my community, and I did through personal training, health coaching, and self defense came along um, a little bit later in that, and. Uh, so in that we was owning a business and we were creating, we were you know paying the bills, but it, but I needed to do more. It was it's hard. It's a hard racket to 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 be a you know a, a very successful martial arts. Theory, although we did grow to become very successful. So at that time I was looking at things like firefighting and yes, yeah, so I became an EMT. I was hunting down a job as a firefighter. And yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah, it's kind of we don't talk. <laughs> I don't talk about this a whole lot, but there was a really neat section there where I was, I was convinced I was going to be uh, an EMT firefighter. And I almost landed. In, I was living in Flagstaff, and I almost landed the job with Mesa Fire and Medical. There was a thousand guys put in, and I made like top 30 or 40 or something of the, of the 20 they took. And it took almost nine months to get through that process. Well, in the middle of that, I had a friend of mine that I was training, a police officer. He said, you should go on a ride along with me. So I go on a ride along and uh, it was so much adrenaline. And, and, and he says to me, he says, you should, you should be a cop. And I'm like, no way. I, there's no <laughs> way I wanted to be a cop. I, I was a punk rocker musician and I, there's, you know, I, I, had bad, I had a bad taste in my mouth about the whole thing because I, I was ignorant. I didn't know. I didn't know what that brotherhood, sisterhood was like. So long story short, I'm trying to land it as a firefighter. And they said, hey, why don't you try this out? So I ended up trying out their test and I, and I did well. I passed, the, I passed the written and I, and I felt like I did really well with the physical. And before I know it, I'm, I'm 
I'm in the police academy. Yeah. And and I'll never forget, I'm in a police academy. I'm sitting three rows back and one of the instructors comes in and he's up there and they're, they're got us all, you know, and, and we're in, it's an intense moment. We're learning so much. It's kind of a, our hell week or a couple weeks after that, so to speak. And this guy looks down at me and he goes, American generals? He goes, I loved your band, <laughs> right? And I was like, oh, right on. He goes, yeah, I used to go to all your shows. And uh, so then the drill sergeant starts yelling at me and he, he says, Pollocky, is that true? Were you a rock star? And I said, yes, sir, I was. <laughs> And he goes, why are you not still a rock star? I said, because we couldn't pay the bills. And he said, so you decided to become a cop. And I said, that looks like it. And it was just like, just cricket. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I fell in love with the profession. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with, the, uh, with, with being able to give back to the community. And I learned a lot. I got the opportunity, Otto, and I know I can get all along, get long winded, so I'll keep it real short with this. I got the opportunity to get measured by something like that. I had always thought in the back of my mind I should have done military. I think I think a lot of a lot of men and women, especially men I can speak of because I am a, I am one, that we tend to wonder how we would measure up in a, in an intense situation. And and I did. I was I was doing self-defense and learning all these martial arts and I tried out for being an officer and, and I did. I got into that. So yeah. And that was in Flagstaff, right? I was in Flagstaff, yes. And so, so that was for a couple years. Yeah, a couple years. And then I, I see two things on your on your bio that I wonder if they go together. And you can tell me uh, <laughs> one says uh, honorable medical retirement and another says um, meritorious service award for courage during an officer involved shooting. Well, here we Are those go. related? No, no, okay. not, not completely. No, not right. that's a great question. No, not completely. I did take an injury. I took an injury that led to me coming out early, and it was it was in the line of duty, but it wasn't in the, in, the, in the shooting. Mm-hmm. So it was something that affected my body in a way that that uh, after seeing multiple um, internal and external medicines uh, doctors and whatnot, they say, hey, this is something that's going to bother you for the rest of your life, and your best opportunity right now is to is to come out and take that. So I did. I, I, I took that and came out. The uh, the shooting was, a, was uh, I would say, a un- very, very unfortunate time. There was only a couple of officer-involved shootings in Flagstaff, and I was in one of them, and that it was, that, it was my squad. We, we lost our squad mate. So I had gone... Uh, that was my eighth day on as a, as a police wow. officer. Eighth day on. So it was, was a reality was, check. Right? Uh, reality check. Eye opening. Um, I learned real quick what the weight of responsibility felt like and to be in a situation where I was the one that was called. We were the ones that were called. And I got to you know be part of a group of men um, and women that were vastly greater than I am. Uh, as a person, but uh, but yeah, before I know it, um, we're we're in this shooting, and and um, we unfortunately lost it. We lost a guy, and uh, a hell of a guy, a great guy, and the whole community came together. And it wasn't it wasn't six months later. I'm I'm in Washington D.C. and Obama's speaking, and I'm at the memorial, and we're dressed dressed in our class A. So here here several years before, I'm touring around in a van in front of thousands of people, twirling as a, sticks as and a punk rock drummer as a, as, as, a, as a punk rock drummer, you know, and and now all of a sudden I'm. I'm sitting here with a pistol on my hip in front of the president. Um, why, a, why a man who's you know way more incredible than me is being honored in a memorial? So I've just had just such an incredible, diverse. What a, yeah, life. what a ride! What a change! Yeah, yeah. And that so that at that time, you know, my my I went back to full time with my business, and really, you know, it's almost like. You know, there's an old, an old proverb that says that a man makes his plans and the Lord directs his path. And I sometimes feel like that is just a solid ass way to look at life. And mm-hmm. you know, I've had many, many plans, but there's always been this guiding direction. So right. now all of a sudden I get all this extra uh, training and experience that has lent into what I'm, what I'm doing 
primarily now mm-hmm. with, with self-defense and working with civilians and professionals and you just mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost never know where the road's going to take you. No, you don't. That's that's an absolute <laughs> truth. The only like the old saying: the only thing you know you can count on is change. You know, correct. And, and if so you, much of that right now. And huh? if you find yourself in a spot where you think everything's perfect and you're really happy, well, hold on, because yeah, yeah. this isn't going to last either. Yeah, there's you know? no there's no growth there. <laughs> yeah, things are going to change. So yeah. uh, everything changes, and, and that's uh, when you can when you can accept that you hold on a lot less tight to whatever's happening. Man, I love that. You know. You know? You know, I think it was Viktor Frankl that says the only thing that we really um, can control in life truly is our is our attitude, is our as yeah. I like how you're, you're going to. My dad always said, my, my dad, I love my dad. My dad always says, listen, son, you're going to get dragged by your friends or by your enemies. The biggest difference is that your friends might drag you face up. You get to kind of see where you're going. <laughs> but I mean, if you get too, if you get too stagnant, yeah, then, yeah you're, you're, you're going to become irrelevant. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. That's wild. Yep. <laughs> you know, and before we jump into some of this other stuff, I know you had your phone out and you found a I did. cut online by uh, which which group was so it? So this was Fight the Quiet. I uh, unfortunately, American generals for as as much following as we had, and, and we had so many great friends that just supported us. We uh, that was YouTube was still new, right? So we've even lost some of our videos and, and whatnot. I'll dig up an album and I'll get you one. But okay. this is Fight the Quiet, and this was um, uh, this album here is actually it's a compilation. I think it was for PlayStation, so it was a, uh, a compilation for a, a motocross game called. It looks like. SBO7, I'm, I'm not sure. But the song on here, Dark Parade, is one of the ones that I, okay. I did record. Cool. On, so. so you're playing drums on this Yeah, track. I'm playing drums on this Let's one. check it yeah, out. Check it out. We're going to plug in the phone and hit play on the internet and yeah. find out if it works. Technology. Here we go. Let's try this out. I want to find out how loud it is. Uh, you sneaking? ready? Wait, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Here we go, guys. I'm going to back up the track. I think it's not plugged in all the way. No, oh, you're right. No. Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to take my little my little phone protector off. I know that we got you got a they're not very yeah. kind to audio people yeah. safety safety third you got like a little a little protector on you and I got one on me so here we go Homework. We're, yeah we're practicing safe music playing in here dude it's there Time to rain. 
And so that's a compilation. Uh, it's one of a compilation on a video game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that one we we had uh, we had some good breakthrough. Like I said, we had college radio play all around all around the country, and uh, that one there was from a uh, like I was saying, it was a uh, video game compilation that had our had our song on there. And that was from the uh, the album Lessons in Vanity. And, cool. then, and then Fight the Quiet went on, man. They went on for uh, several years after me and, and went through uh, uh, different different uh, lineups. But uh, okay. I, yeah, but I don't think they're doing it anymore. They're they're in various things. So a couple of the guys are in Nashville. One of the guys is in Nashville. They're doing dis- different things. So cool. Yeah. Well, let's get into the martial arts aspect yeah, of your life because really that's a big part of your personal training and what sure, you do. Sure. You uh, have a black belt in Taekwondo. Yes. You're a second degree black belt. Is that in Taekwondo or is that nope. in? Okay. Nope. I just uh, I got my first my first degree black belt in Taekwondo. That's a neat story. I was a personal trainer at the time, and I was taking my daughter because I thought you know you should do some martial arts. So I took her to a local guy in Flagstaff to um, to do Taekwondo, and I, I made this this kind of I think so. And now that I've been a martial artist for so long, I, this is the kind of comment that dads make all the time, and I right. had no idea I was ignorant to it. And he looks at me and he's introducing the instructors, introducing himself to my to himself to myself and, and my daughter, and I make the dumb offhanded comment like oh when i was seven i did taekwondo <laughs> he's like what belt did you get to i am white and he goes why'd you stop right great question i had no answer and my daughter looks at me because yeah dad why'd you stop so i got roped i got roped <laughs> and he says well why don't you sign up with your daughter so i did i signed up with my daughter that's and, good and uh fast forward you know three and a half four years later because i i've wow. always practiced this is a big part of me right here you know if you're going to start it you should finish it as best you can, and my daughter starts pumping that back at me. Yeah, you know. So it was. It wasn't probably three or four belts into Taekwondo, and I love Taekwondo. It's a fantastic martial arts. It's very based on forms and katas, and there's some extremely talented people in it. Uh, and it, it had some good sparring. I did. A, I did a, a, a championship down here in the valley, and and I was the smallest guy, and 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 I won. So that was cool. You know, awesome. I got to win. I had I had my Daniel Larusso Karate Kid moment. Cool. Uh, but but. I was realizing at this time I'm doing this, um, I'm, I'm coming out of the firefighting modality and into this law enforcement modality, and I'm thinking, I don't think a tornado round kick or my, my uh, decently flexible heel kick is going to serve me well in a, in a street fight. God forbid I'm in one. Mm-hmm. So I started hearing about you know, this Israeli Krav Maga, and I'm like, I want to train this. Uh, yeah, and tell me a little bit about it because it essentially is exactly what you're talking oh, about. Oh, I man, it's, it's it's brutal. It's an intense. It's uh, but it's also extremely peaceful and easy. You know, it's it's uh, um, it's an amazing. Um, I guess we'd say a martial art. Heavy on the martial, not so much the art. It's like the bulldozer of martial arts. I guess there's no katas. There's okay. no forms. Uh, it's it's very very much from from Israel from the uh, from the military there that helped put this together. In Israel, um, fo- uh, your people. Uh, Youngsters, as they as they get older, they, they, everyone serves two years in the military, men and women both. So they're also learning, you know, Krav Maga in the in their schools and and whatnot. And it's very much an instinct based fighting system that focuses on neutralizing the threat as soon as possible and getting home. That's our big thing, you know, get in shape, go home safe, you know, or or uh, no means no, or you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna win my fight. I'll have a lot of my students. I'll yell at them, who wins the fight? They'll yell back, I win the fight. And it's based around um, gross motor skill. It's based around the fact that when something really intense happens to you, someone attacks you in a fight or something like that, you, you a lot of times you're going to deal with 
with auditory occlusion. It's hard to hear or your vision's going to tunnel. So this, this whole entire fighting system really took into account the adrenaline and the intensity of the fight. I'm not going to remember my yellow belt Taekwondo form when someone is just decking me in the face or trying to come at me with a knife and grab my hoodie. So I fell in love with the whole idea of, of Krav Maga mm -hmm. and that it was it, that it is very much instinct based. So it, it has a lot of Israeli influence, especially when it comes to their the way they deal with with firearms and, and knives and blunt force trauma and the military aspect side of it. But it also borrows very heavily from other systems, which made sense to me. So the fighting style is largely uh, elements of American boxing and some Dutch boxing, Muay Thai. You've got Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu worked into the ground. Uh, you've got Judo. Um, multiple different you know martial arts aspects so mm -hmm. what what happened was in, in the Krav Maga system is they just took the easy let's get from zero to 60 as quick as we can elements of other fighting systems and then put it uh, put it into your your everyday your everyday person so where Taekwondo as great as as, as it is as fun as it is it's just not practical in a street fight mm -hmm. Krav Maga absolutely you're gonna deal with you know your groin strikes we have a saying that you know no groin no Krav Maga so there's a lot of dirty brutal hits and attacks you know mm -hmm. throat hits we we often say you know strike things they can't flex <laughs> mm -hmm. you know or like my daughter likes to say when she's teaching because she's a little badass she'll say just crush them take them out of the gene pool we don't we don't <laughs> need that kind of guy coming after you anyway so she's, she's fun to watch teach but yeah it's easy to learn um and it's really easy to remember and most importantly it's easy to remember under stress so what i love the most about it auto is a, cl a typical class will involve a, a kind of a um, quick little bow in you know everyone will just kind of do a quick uh, Kira, quick bow in. You can wear shorts and a Krav Maga shirt and a belt. And then we'll get some type of warm-up game going, which is really fun. So we'll break the ice. People are, you know, talk a little bit of trash and, and, and getting their body limbered up. We'll do a little stretch. And then we'll do a little high-octane game after that, get everybody pumping. And then we'll go into combatives, typically. And the combatives are various ways to strike. Back of your hand, like a hammer fist, or palm strikes, or elbows, or headbutts, or knees, um, groin kicks, you name it. So we're working on some really intense, brutal uh, um, combative. And then we'll, we'll work on that for a, few, for a little while, get people acquainted with it and trained up in it. And we'll run some drills with it and then we'll bring in whatever self-defense technique I want to focus on for that particular day so maybe it is a choke against a wall someone's slamming you against a wall and trying to asphyxiate you so we'll work on a simple instinct based instinct based technique to get out of that and then we turn it on we bring that combative back in and take the fight to them so Krav Maga is really big and um, I didn't start the fight I'll finish the fight Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be brutal mm -hmm. and as intense as I possibly can with the least amount of collateral damage until right. I can go home safe. <clears throat> yeah. And then we'll run adrenaline drills at the end. This is the best part. And we have various types of adrenaline drills. So you, I might have you in a class, auto, and you're, you're standing there and your eyes are closed and your hands are to your side and you're like twitching and freaking out because you know something's going to happen to you. But we might check you from behind with a, with a bag and you turn around and you have to kick that bag. Or suddenly someone puts you in a headlock and you got to open your eyes and come out of that come out of that deal. So we do that. Or maybe we squirt you in the face with a water bottle. Any kind of way or loud music, strobe lights, you know, you 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 name it. We'll find some way to get you a little bit uncomfortable so that we can inoculate you. We call it stress inoculation. My goal is to have you in a in a, a um, uh, an environment where it's it's relatively safe. <laughs> we're not trying to hurt you on purpose. Right. We're trying to challenge you and we're trying to um, uh, give uh, give you some tools so that when you find yourself 
in a street where someone doesn't give two shits about you. You've been there before in some elements. So when it's on, it's not as surprising. So when you go back to that auditory occlusion, you go back to that tunnel vision. Well, now you get that deep breath and you're like, fudge, I'm fighting. Your spider and sense is Your spider sense now. kicks in. You're like, I'm fighting. I'm going to win this fight because, you know, yeah. Krav Maga. But half the time you just walk around town with a Krav Maga shirt on and people usually just avoid you anyway. So yeah. I always tell people your T-shirt might just do get all the, the shirt. Work. Get the you, shirt. Even if you don't learn it, just get the shirt. <laughs> get the shirt. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Well, you know, you this is your primary business. Yeah, you do absolutely. As a yeah. trainer, yeah, so uh, because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. are you doing a lot more like online with Zoom calls for training? Great or? question. Yeah, we're doing more of that now. You know, things are starting to lighten up a little bit. There's still obviously social distancing, and various groups are as mm -hmm. comfortable as they are. Uh, it, it absolutely decimated uh, so many businesses, and it really yeah. affected you know mine and my business partners at the time. So we're in a big transition right now. I've owned Flagstaff Krav Maga along with my partner at the time since 2011. And now um, I could continue on with that. I've got groups in Flagstaff that want to continue on with that. So we'll keep it alive at some some level. But I have morphed into Limitless Krav Maga now. A friend of mine, uh, Dan Slayton, and I put together Limitless Krav Maga. We're really focusing on the youth, and we're focusing on at-risk at groups. Uh, all of them can be, but we're working on some of that uh, some of that population, 55 plus working on that group and then what's what's good about limitless is now because of the law enforcement training and all this i am now able to train all across the board so to go back full full circle yeah we can do online train um, i can do one-on-one -on -one lessons with somebody or we can meet and do group training or maybe you and your friend are comfortable quarantined together so you got a partner so now we can train you up and after a couple of months maybe we meet with you at a park or at a location where we can take and, and, and have you run a test and see if you're ready to move up to the next level. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you know, that's a lot of civilian based. I can also do, uh, I do a lot of professional work. I have worked with, oh my goodness, uh, Park Rangers, Arizona Judiciary Conference, multiple, uh, Summit Fire Department, Gore Security. Uh, I have worked with a ton of professional groups in helping to um, take a look at what are trouble areas and how can we make everyone safer. Mm -hmm. So I, I so limitless is just what the title is. It's limitless. So I'm in an area now where I can I can go just about anywhere. If you've got someone who's listening right now who's like I just want to do self defense, they can get a hold of me and we can start as simple as that. And how did they get a hold of you? Yeah, on my social sites the best right now. Um, we're making like I said we're making transitions and new websites coming up. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Pollocky underscore. Um, Paul, Spell Pollocky. Yeah, P as in Paul, A W. L I C K I. So Daniel, common spelling underscore Pollocky underscore. Uh, you can find me on uh, on Facebook as well. Uh, just a little a word search of Daniel Pollock. You can also look up Flagstaff Krav Maga, Krav Maga is K R A V M A G A, um, and Limitless Krav Maga. You'll find both Flagstaff Krav Maga and Limitless Krav Maga on social sites. From there, you, you can you can dig me up. You can find me on Google. If you want it, it's a good old kung fu. If you want me to train you, find me. Come to the top of the temple. That's right. We'll get you going. <laughs> no, actually, come to Hawaii. Come to Hawaii. Thank you. Correct. Yeah, you're let's, right. Let's hear about this. You are packing up the bags now, packing up the truck or the boat, and you're moving to Hawaii. Yeah, we, we're pulling the trigger on this. Um, sold my Flagstaff home. We're getting ready to sell the Phoenix home. Uh, split the business in, in northern Arizona. Major, major change right now. 
uh, kids and I fly out to uh, Hawaii June 4th. My dad lives in Keao. I own three acres in Pahoa, all on the Big Island, which is a fantastic Beautiful. place. Yeah. You guys are more than welcome to come visit, but it has to be a round-trip ticket, no one-way tickets. Um, <laughs> a fantastic place. And out there, I, I've had a dream for a few years now. Uh, my kids really sharing this too. I really, Otto, I really, really want to build a retreat out there. Having been in law enforcement and having been a first responder and having so, I've lost way too many, one is too many, but I've lost way too many um, friends to, to suicide in, 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 in law enforcement. Uh, I've lost uh, fellow squad mates and uh, it's just, it's, it's just so much pain out there. And not just for, for um, officers, but you know, firefighters, nurses, teachers, you name anybody who is, is really dealing with really intense mental and physical stress on their bodies are picking up PTSD and whatnot. So I have this, this, this heart, this desire to create a retreat out there where folks can come out. Let me, let me have you for a week. Come out and uh, there's no need to act a certain kind of way. I'm not gonna give you any type of major agenda. We're just gonna give you opportunities to, to find yourself to ground, get your shoes off, get them in dirt, uh, hang out, maybe do some uh, some sea kayaking, maybe do some snorkeling, uh, maybe maybe do some archery, pig hunting, whatever it is. There's so much horseback. There's so many cool yeah. things to do on the Big Island, and I'm in the area that's not too far from Mount Kilauea, which erupted in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I had a really neat local lady out there. I'll plug her to Henrietta if you're listening, who was telling me about how the land is physically scarred where we were at because it gets these this intense volcanic eruptions and she says how oh, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps auto <laughs> says what if what if you were to use this land that that's that's scarred and it's so tumultuous and so powerful and so beautiful and you bring people in that are also the same scarred and tumultuous and beautiful and let them harmonize with find themselves with with their spirit and their and their mentality and bring it all mm -hmm. back so that's going to happen so keep an eye on me guys i'm going to i might do another crowdfunder in a, in a few in a few months or a year or so and, and open up some opportunities to be part of this this place over there well, that's hoping. gonna be exciting so yeah. as you get the move out there you're still going to be running limitless yes sir limitless yeah there's a couple of gyms out in pahoa that have been showing interest in me and pahoa is right near hilo hilo and kona are your two main cities on the big island right uh, pahoa is right near hilo um i've had a couple i'm not really at liberty to say yet but they've been talking to me about coming out and doing some cool. classes so we're working on a aloha krav maga <laughs> class so i'm just going to come out and uh, I, I love what my daughter has to say uh she says you know we we obviously our visitors were, were new here so we we very much want to come to hawaii with that mentality of i'm here as a guest i obviously i've moved in but as, as the island accepts us and the people accept us then we believe opportunities are going to open up so mm -hmm. i have nothing to prove to anybody out there but i will say that in all of my research there is no krav maga on the big island now the, now the hawaiians they love they love mma there's a lot of great mma out there uh, fantastic martial arts programs, BJJ. Um, I've seen judo. I've seen uh, Muay Thai, but there's not Krav Maga. Well, it's, it points to the fact that there'll be interest. Correct. You're absolutely so. correct. And the people that I've reached out to, I reached out to uh, one lady out there. You know, the the the, the women out there are aunties, and the, and the men are uncles. And one auntie was talking to me, and she said, "I would absolutely love to work with you, and all the things that you have done, because she's watched my social sites and she sees what we're up to." And her words to me was, "Come out here and help me get." Uh, the, Let's keep some of these kids from getting into orange jumpsuits, you know. So it, what's neat about Krav Maga, especially my kids' program, my youth program, is I got to bring in some of the elements that I learned as a law enforcement officer, the, uh, the lineups, the standing at attention, the parade rests, the listening positions, um, and, and mix that in with, 
you know, a creed that we, we recite and, 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 and being together as part of a team. So I work with parents, I work with the teachers to make sure that they're getting their grades correct. Everything, everything is all harmonious before they get their rank and they get their belt. So we get to bring in kind of that martial arts discipline element so many parents like, but we don't have all the kata bullshit. We have straight mm-hmm. up anti-bullying. You know, I told you no, I've told you no once. You know, if you're going to keep pushing it, then I'm going to, I will defend myself. And that's a big motto that we have in Krav Maga. I'm not, I'm not looking for the fight, but if you, if you pick it, I'll finish it. Mm-hmm. So I've found that a lot of, you know, there's some, some families that aren't interested, but the vast majority of the parents I talk to say, teach my son this, teach my daughter this. I don't want them to be, you know, hurt and bullied. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't, people aren't allowed to just put their hands on you. They're not allowed to just, just mm-hmm. do these things to you. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we look forward to that chapter of your life. I'm excited for I'm it. I'm going to be coming to Hawaii just to make sure you got there i hope you do chad chad <laughs> wilson bailey has been i'm gonna come out and play some music and amanda yeah. i'm gonna come out and do some yoga yeah we might come out and start a hawaiian band that play, plays once in a while don't you know, don't break a, don't break a promise so it's gonna be nice. <laughs> i said mike but uh, you know there's one other thing too i wanted to get i wanted to touch on sure. as we close out our time here okay. you are also an author yeah absolutely so have you uh, the decree is mm-hmm. the title I believe yep yep the decree is a labor of love for me man it took six, six years to research and write this book tell me about it yeah cool absolutely the decree uh, self-published it you can still find it on Amazon in various places it's just the, the decree by Daniel Pollocky and uh, I was always infatuated this goes back to my youth pastoring days I was always infatuated with the, the flood of the earth and what that what that meant was it was it regional was it the whole globe how did all that work and I had read a passage uh, in the Old Testament that talked about uh, the sons of God looking upon the women of the earth and having anyone that they wanted and, and they had children by them, sons of renown. And so I was like, well, what is all this about? So I got into this wild, like giant research and Nephilim. And we know all about David and Goliath, but we don't, we don't dig enough deep enough to know that, that that's not an isolated incident. There the, the Old Testament and multiple other religions you know, speak about about this. You know, from Gilgamesh to you know all kinds of different um, uh, different religions and whatnot speak about this this great deluge, this Andalusian era. So I, I took it upon myself to write a historical fiction ish uh, based on my own thoughts and research on a, another telling of maybe Noah and the Ark, but way way out there and uh and it deals with these these <laughs> giants and it fun. deals it's really fun and uh well, i sometimes, love it sometimes sometimes the best way to share a strange truth with someone is to sugarcoat it and call it fiction and right and then years later when they read the the historical text yeah they realize oh this is where you got this correct you you're, you're absolutely right. but it's so far-fetched it doesn't jive with what we think right so i've had all different i've had sides that are completely unspiritual unreligious say this sounds awesome and i have others say that you know what you're writing is 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 of the devil you know because that's just so over the top and i'm like you know well shoot we're 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 teaching our kids in sunday school about jonah getting swallowed by a well the entire thing is over the top it's fantastic (laughs) it truly is and so you you ask yourself how 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 much do you want to limit god how much you want to limit creation so i started getting this kind of idea of like I'm just going to be brave about it and go for it. And I, man, I had so much fun writing that thing. So yeah. now I've got friends like, let's make that a game. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and we may, we may. Or a movie. Or a movie. Yeah. Um, I also am, am working on a book right now that was originally called The Fierce Family. Uh, and I'm changing the name uh, due to some things I'm going through in life right now. I'm changing the name a little bit, but it's a really, really cool book on self-defense, area awareness, being prepared for the fight, winning that fight, uh, going home safe. And uh, so hang out with me on my social sites. You'll see more of that. I've got it about uh, about half done. And that is going to be a great, great manual. And it, it talks about uh, the mindset, uh, a winning mindset, uh, 
to uh, to get out of a, an altercation if he can, but if he can't get out of it, how to win it. Uh, it deals with uh, all different types of situations from, um, you know, maybe maybe um, coming out of a of a concert back when we used to have those, and and you're the and you're the guy with the with the with the good looking girl, and she's on your arm, and you're so happy, and a whole group of people just walk right up to you, and they're going to isolate you. What do you what do you do? You know how. How 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 is she going to defend you, <laughs> or how do you defend her, or however that works, you know? So we talk a lot about that, uh, fight strategies, and um, and my mindset, mindset, so much of it. So mm-hmm. you know, so I'm excited to bring that book out as well, and that'll be that'll be out in a little while. I got to get to Hawaii and get get reestablished with the kiddos, but yeah, yeah, building out there too. So a lot, a lot of change. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, if you want, guys, go online on YouTube and look for a, a video of Texas Hold'em. You know, with, with zombies, zombies. No. and you'll see Daniel in in the uh, what do you call those little things when you're at a convention? And you have your booth, you know. Yeah, yeah we're at a Comic Con convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. cosplay. It's very, very clever. Mm-hmm. And then also, before I let you go, uh, you had mentioned online that uh, you, you said to your friends who follow you on Instagram, "What should I wear?" Because you weren't sure if we had cameras. Oh, sure, files. absolutely. And uh, we this is strictly an audio podcast, but you're wearing a shirt. It says everyone told you to wear called whiskey help. So what's this all? Yeah, about? there was yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny. I, I put that out there. I yeah, I forgot that a podcast is, doesn't have a camera. Um, and, and a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine, um, this this really really cool friend of mine that I've been dating. She buys me this 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 shirt that says whiskey helps, and she says it looks good on me. So I'm gonna go with what she says. But yeah, no, it's a great shirt, and that's kind of I wore it when you and I met. So I thought it'd be yeah. fun to bring that back up. It, it, well, it, it elicits I, a response, right? It, it does <laughs> it's from grunt style. And for me, it's like when I read that, I've never read that on a shirt. Yeah. And when I read it, I was like, now there's a truth. I <laughs> true. Because uh, it's, it, it's, I certainly look at that as a whiskey helps a number I, of things. Too much whiskey doesn't necessarily help as much. Funny you said that because uh, you were you're telling me you're Italian now. I'm Irish, and you know you know what kept the Irish from taking over the world, right? It was a whiskey. That's right. right. So, so we had to watch. So I had to watch that. You know, yeah. just uh, whiskey, whiskey in uh, in moderation. I'm, I'm yeah. a balanced kind of guy, but I do I do like the flavor of it and. Uh, I think it's a hilarious shirt. So yeah, yeah. Well, you and Chad and I, you know, we all met kind of together, and, and uh, we're all whiskey drinkers. We so, are. You know, we are whiskey it drinkers. It works that way. Yeah. So if you want to be part of our crew, drink whiskey. I, 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 bring, we, bring whiskey. Bring whiskey. That's, that's <laughs> even better. You know. Hey Daniel, we're running out of time. All right, man, it's great. Listen, man, you've done everything um, already, and what are you like? You look like you're about 38 years old. Thank you for that. I turned 45 a couple of days ago. Uh, okay. I've lived multiple lives. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of uh, if you see it, go for it, and and uh, don't be afraid of hard work, and and you'll see it. I, I've I've got a saying, uh, a couple of different ones. I was gonna I was gonna give you leave you guys with two sayings. There are a couple of my quotes. I do a lot of motivational. I don't like that word. I change it. Inspirational. Motivation is different. I don't want to be your motivator, but I will be inspirational if I can be. And uh, I do these little one minute thoughts on my Facebook and Instagram. So if you get a chance, check them out. And one of my favorite quotes that I. I uh, came to my mind one day is we all have ne- we all have negative thoughts the trick is to not let the thoughts have us so that's kind of one of my my life quotes and the uh, the other one that uh that i think is 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 pretty relevant is if i can find this right here here we go is there's no vaccination for the excuse virus so <laughs> there's you got, no if you got a goal man get after your goal no one's going to do it for you so cool. you know, go live your life live your best life all right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. It's great. Thank you so much for having Safe me. Safe travels to Hawaii. Yeah. It's going to be wonderful. You'd be dangerous out there, Otto. It's going to be fun to go back. It's been a while, so I will be out to see you. I hope so. I <laughs> All right, my so. friend. You take care. All right. You too, sir. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.